My name is Alan Dangor. I'm a reader in Food and Nutrition for Global Health at the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine. A major area of focus uh, for our research is the links between uh, food systems and the environment. So how does the environment impact the ability of the food system to produce healthy and nutritious diets? And how do the diets that we eat uh, have an impact on the environment? So a kind of cyclic effect. Exactly right. And it's important that we recognise that the production of food uh, is a major contributor to environmental stress, both greenhouse gas emissions, water use um, and other things. Um, but also the, can, uh, the diets that we eat uh, have an impact on, on the environment as well. So when looking at this, I guess, which side of this circle do you focus on first? So is it the environment that's kind of causing more change or is it the diet? Well, I think uh, what we have to do is we have to take, you know, if you focus on one and not the other, then you miss half the story, really. What we need to do is realise that the, you know, the production of food can have a major impact on the environment. And that, but we need to eat. So what we need to think about is, well, which bits of, the, which bits of agricultural production are the most costly on the environment? Um, and it turns out that those, the, the largest cost are, things, are the production of animal source foods. But there are other areas as well that have major environmental costs. So, for example, the production of paddy rice. So much of South Asia subsists on paddy rice, um, but the production of paddy rice has a major environmental impact because of the methane emissions that result from the paddy fields. But uh, you know what needs to happen is you need to think carefully about the, the, the diets and the patterns of diets and the consequences of those diets on health and the environment. So a little bit of animal source food is quite important for diets, especially in children and especially in certain parts of the world where, where dietary intakes are quite poor. And of course, rice is a major contributor to dietary energy in, much, in many parts of the world. So we need to think it's the balance and the trade-offs uh, the balance in our diets, uh, what is good for our diets, what do we need to eat as part of a healthy and nutritious diets, and what are the trade-offs between the production of the, those foods that we want to eat and the environmental costs uh, for the planet. And so what is the, I guess, uh, the current state? So it might be, for example, if you live in a sub-Saharan African country, um, a poor country, uh, where there's going to be a major environmental change, you're going to, you know, this reduction in the ability of you to uh, production of food is going to have major impacts on food security. And, you know, this could lead to frank hunger, starvation in, in, in some countries. In other countries, it might, lead not, it might not lead to such drastic impacts on the actual, just the availability of food, but it might lead to impacts on the diversity of foods. So, for example, um, as a result of pollinator losses, so that's the insects that pollinate many of the plants that we eat, um, and, and, and therefore essential for the production of those plants, um, it, it might be that those, those fruits or vegetables are no longer available in the diet, and so for the diet, because they can't be produced in the changing environment, and therefore the pattern of our diet is going to change, and the environment will have a distinct impact on our ability to eat a balanced, nutritious diet. So, but we really don't know. And the estimates are that in some parts of the world, typically around the equator, the production of food is going to fall as a result of multiple environmental stresses. That's climate and water and pollinator loss and other things. But in other parts of the world, production of foods is going to increase because the environment will be more amenable to the production of foods. And so it might be that the losses in some parts of the world are in fact made up by the gains, the agricultural gains in other parts of the world. And this might mean that there may not be these major shocks on, on 
on, on food prices. It may, may not be major shocks on the ability of people to, the access of people to foods and the ability of people to eat healthy, nutritious diets. So there's actually quite a lot of work and research that needs to be done to estimate the actual impacts of multiple environmental stresses on global food and nutrition security. And that's some of the work that we're now doing here in, in the group at the school. What really then are you focusing in on with your research? So what are your current studies looking into and what have been some of your most recent findings to help deal with this issue? Well, one of our first studies was here in the UK where we looked at the UK diet and we said, all right, how healthy is it? And uh, it's not hugely healthy. So, uh, And what are the environmental impacts of the UK diet? And we looked specifically at greenhouse gas emissions associated with typical UK diets. The UK diet contains uh, insufficient amounts of fruit and vegetables, uh, too much sugar, uh, too much salt, uh, and large am- you know, too much meat, really. And what we did was we said, all right, how could we change this diet to make it more healthy? What would happen then, if, if we did change it to, to make it more healthy, what would happen to greenhouse gas emissions? And we showed, in fact, that if you made the UK diet conform to WHO recommendations on dietary intake, there would be approximately a 20% reduction in greenhouse gas emissions. So it's a wonderful co-benefit, it's a wonderful win-win. Make the UK diet more healthy with small changes which are realistic. We're not making everyone become vegetarian or everyone just eat lentils small dietary changes, a little bit less meat, a little bit more fruit, um, more, healthier diets also have lower greenhouse gas emissions. And what we then did was we said, all right, how far can we take this? Can we say, can we, uh, how far can we reduce greenhouse gas emissions? And we estimated that we could reduce greenhouse gas emissions in the UK diet by about 40%, which would have tremendous impacts on health um, and, of course, on the environment. Um, and if we did reduce them to about 40%, the diet was still relatively similar to what we're now eating, but it would just be healthier and environmentally uh, better. But you're also looking at this situation in India. Yes, that's right. And in India, it's very interesting because we have a, a lovely data set, quite a large data set of about, from about 7,000 people of dietary intake, um, which covers several different cities in India and both urban and rural populations. And what we, with that data set, what we've been able to do is identify quite distinct dietary patterns within the Indian within within those data. And we've identified, for example, a traditional traditional diet, uh, which is you know heavily rice-based, small amounts of vegetables, and really largely vegetarian. And then we've also, but we've also at the other extreme, we've identified diets which are really quite mixed: rice and wheat, um, but also quite a lot of animal source foods. And, uh, and sugar and, you know, cakes and it's a much more urban diet. And these are being consumed by very different people. So the, the traditional diet tended to be more rural, uh, much poorer people, whereas the, the urban diet was, of course, you know, the younger people, uh, slightly more affluent. You know, this is, this is called the nutrition transition. This is really what it is. As people move away from rural settings into urban settings, they change their dietary practices, either because they can't get access to the traditional traditional foods that they want to eat, or because they're interested and they're intrigued and the advertising has worked its trick and people are therefore enticed to eat these foods which they previously hadn't been hadn't 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 wanted to eat. So and the consequences of those changes are are twofold. Number one uh, there are going to be health consequences. Clearly a traditional diet which is largely rice with lots of vegetables is relatively healthy. 
It might not have all the nutrient requirements, but you know it is a relatively healthy diet. And especially when you then compare it with an urban diet, which is high fat, high salt, high sugar, lots of animal source foods, uh, higher calorie intake, energy intake in general, uh, is, is one which is much more likely to predispose you to non-communicable diseases such as diabetes and obesity. So those shifts are very clear within India. Those diets have quite different environmental impacts. So some of them require much more water. Uh, so, for example, a diet that is heavily paddy rice requires a lot of water for the production of that rice, whereas others might produce more greenhouse gas emissions. So, for example, a diet with lots of animal source foods produces much more greenhouse gas emissions. And what we're, what we're trying to do in India for the very first time is, number one, understand the greenhouse gas and water emissions associated with current diets and typical diets in India. And then number two, provide this evidence to people, to policymakers, thinking about, you know, national food security in India, 1.2 billion people. You know, if the whole of India transitions to a diet, which is the urban diet, high salt, high fat, high sugar, animal source foods, that's going to be really quite significant for population health, but it's also going to have a major impact on the environment. This evidence is new evidence, and it's evidence that policymakers are asking for, and it's evidence that we are providing in a very important setting in India where they already have major issues with the right to food. They have major issues regarding uh, undernutrition, which remains a, a significant problem in India. Countries like India must be aware that dietary patterns are changing very rapidly, and these will have impacts on health and the environment.